Good day, this is Sean, and you are with me on the, the Kingdom Leadership Equipping um, uh, podcast, KLE, and we are busy talking about um, the four dimensions of leadership as we find in, uh, in, Ba, 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 ba. Where was it? In Ezekiel 1.10, where it says, Regarding the form and appearance of their faces, they each had the face of a man in front, and each had the face of a lion on the right side, and the face of an ox on the left side, and all four also had the face of an eagle at the back of their heads. And then Revelations 4.7 says, The first living creature was like a lion, the second creature like a calf or an ox, and the third creature had the face of a man, and the fourth creature was like a flying eagle. And God reveals himself in these four dimensions of leadership. And that's what we are looking at. Jesus revealed himself as um, in these four dimensions or four aspects or four perspectives of leadership. We are um, in Kingdom Leadership Equipping today, and this is where uh, you are equipped to have a kingdom mindset. Leadership is not just about um, having skills. Skill is important. To be competent, competent is important, but having um, the right mindset is vitally important because you can be leading from the wrong mindset and then you'll be leading with the wrong concept and the wrong way of doing it. And we need to get back to the way God wants us to do it, the way Jesus modeled it for us. And that's what we're about, kingdom leadership equipping, equipping you to lead the kingdom way. All right, so we've spoken about the lion and it's time to roar. We're speaking about the ox today, the, the other aspect or the other dimension of leadership is the ox. And the ox symbolizes a number of things. In Proverbs chapter 14, verse 4, it says, there, there are no, where there are no oxen, the manger is empty. But from the strength of an ox comes an abundant harvest. So, you know, it's talking about um, if there's no um, oxen, then, then you know, there's going to be nothing in the manger. But from the strength of an ox comes abundant harvest. I'd be interested to see what some of the other translations say about that. So let's have a look quickly at that. Proverbs 14.4. I probably should have done this before I started, but um, it just came to me now as an interesting idea. So let's pop over to Bible Gateway and we pop up a couple of other translations here and see how it lays it out there. Um, in fact, let's do it this way. Uh, let's go back. Apologize for the delay here, but let's just have a look. See, and of course, I've got a new mouse that doesn't quite want to slide. All right, so where the oxen are, the crib is clean. Where no oxen are, the crib is clean. It says um, uh, the grain crib is empty. Where no oxen are, the crib is clean. Uh, the feeding trough is empty where there are no oxen. The stall is clean. The stalls are clean. There can be no crop. The crib is clean. The crib is empty. Uh, a barn with no cattle might be clean. The manger is clean. The manger is clean. No food is in the barn. And it goes on. The feeding trough is empty. Uh, 
your barn will be empty if there's no oxen. The feeding trough is empty, etc., etc. So um, the crib is clean. You know, I, there's two things that stand out to me here. Is one is that when when you have oxen, the 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 place you keep them uh, in the barn is going to be dirty first off, because you know oxen do things that cows do. They poop and mess around and so you've got an a, a, a dirty barn so if you've got no oxen then you know it's going to be clean uh, but you're also going to have no feed because from the strength of an ox comes an abundant harvest so when you've got oxen you know there is messiness but you've got a harvest you've got um harvest and the the ox stands for the symbol of strength the, the strength of an ox and not only the, the strength of an ox and, and that is like so powerful i mean i grew up on a uh, i spent a couple of years my dad was a manager on a um, a uh, dairy farm and the dairy farm was situated in a very very sandy area i mean like sea sand sand that in in places where the cows were were camped uh, you could not get there with a tractor to, to carry the feed up to them. But the two oxen would have a trailer uh, loaded with lucerne, bales of lucerne, and they are heavy. And uh, and these oxen will be able to pull that loaded um, trailer of lucerne right up in, up in through the sand to the, uh, the feeding troughs of the cows. So the strength of an ox really stands out that these big old horns, they were like a, a dark red color and uh, real real um, oxen they were and just the two of them and they did that job of kept pulling that up. And so, you know, is that we as, as workers for God, as leaders for God, we've got to um, we can't just roar as a lion. We, we can't just be roaring with dominion. We've got to also operate in his strength as we occupy, as we take dominion, as we begin to um, do what we are called to do. Colossians chapter 3, 23 says, whatever you do, whatever your task may be, the Amplified says, work from the soul. That is, put your very best effort as something done for the Lord and not for men. So you've got to put in your best effort, but to do your best effort, you've got to do it in the strength that God gives. You've got to do it in God's strength. You've got to do it in the Lord's strength, you know. Um, Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 says, in conclusion, be strong in the Lord, draw your strength uh, from him, and be empowered through your union with him and in the power of his boundless might. So be strong in the Lord. Draw your strength from him. Be empowered through your union with him and in the power of his boundless might. So that's where our strength comes from. It's, it's empowered because we are in relationship. We are yoked together with him and in the power of his boundless might. He, 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 you remember that scripture in, I think it's Matthew chapter 11. He says, um, you know, we yoke together with him. You know, so his yoke is easy, his burden is light. Whereas the, the religious order of the day laid heavy burdens, 
heavy obligations, regulations, conditions, laws, and precepts on people, Jesus comes along and he says, but my yoke is easy, my burden is light, and, and uh, you know, find rest in me. And so, you know, is that Nelly working with the Lord, working yoked together with him, yoking um, empowered through your union with him and in the power of his boundless might, you actually find rest in your work. You find you can do it. The problem is, is that when we're doing things that God hasn't called us to do, and so um, then we, we tend to find ourselves uh, wearing ourselves out. We don't have um, the ability to see it through. We don't, we're not able to um, complete the task without wearing ourselves out, you know? And so, um, we we really need to be co-laborers with the Lord, not not um, in in the co-laboring in in the um, in the programs. You know, God has called us to specific assignment. He's called as a leader. He's called you with a mandate. Stay within your mandate. You know, I see so many leaders over the years, and I, I did the same thing, is you begin to move outside your mandate, you get busy, you start taking on initiatives, you start taking on programs, you start taking on projects, you start taking on uh, directions that have nothing to do with God, what God gave you to do. You, you remember when Moses, God, God meets Moses in the, in the um, wilderness, in the burning bush, God speaks very clearly to him and says, I want you to go to the, the lost children of Israel. No, not anywhere else. I want you to go to the children of Israel. And and uh, and he gave him a, your 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 mandate is that specific people, that specific target, that specific direction that you have to pursue. And he's, and he said, Moses then said, "What do I tell them?" And he said, "Tell you tell them that I am that I am sent you." And and that was the message. The everything else functioned out of that message. Jesus comes along and he, and he he has one message: repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Clear. That was his school of thought. Everything else operated around the fact that change your thinking, change your purpose, change your behavior, um, because the kingdom of heaven is here. The rule of God, the kingdom of God is here. And, and that's what he began. So he began to teach that, preach that. That's how he operated. That's what he attested to was the kingdom of God. And, and so there was clear, specific direction for the mandate. When Jesus sends out the disciples, he does the same thing. He says, I want you to go to the lost sheep of Israel. I don't want you to be distracted. Don't greet anybody on the way. That's where you go. That's what you have to do. And that's what you have to say um, is that the kingdom of heaven is here. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers. Um, freely you have received, freely uh, you give. And so he gave them a clear mandate on what they had to do. We have the same thing. Do not get off your mandate because then you get outside the strength of God. And so in your union with him, you begin to operate um, as this, with the strength of an ox, and that's what brings in the abundant harvest. You're not overworking yourself. You can do it. You can stick with it. You can persist with it. You can... Um, and it's a rest for you. Passion, uh, John Maxwell says, your passion gives you energy, you know. And so as you're passionate for, for uh, in the strength of God, things begin to happen. Now, let me say this, is that um, if we put it another way, you are God's house using the gift God gave you as a good architect, Paul said, a designed 
uh, I design blueprints, Apollos put up the walls. So now you, you, um, you are the people that you're serving is God's house and you're using the gift God gave you as a good architect. You've got to use the gift God gives you to fulfill the mandate and assignment that God's given you to do. Um, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 says, Be generous with the different things God gave you, passing them around, so all get in on it. Um, the important thing here is to understand is that greatness of leadership is not seeing how many people you have serving you, but you serving others, how you serve your gift with others, being generous with the gifts that God has given you, passing them around so that all get in on it. And so that is important to understand. Greatness of leadership. This is a sick thing is when leaders um, seem to be great because they've got loads of people serving them. Jesus said that we need to serve one another. John chapter 13, he gave a clear indication to his disciples when he washed their feet. He said, if I am the rabbi, if I'm the teacher, if I'm the Lord, and I am prepared to serve you, then you need to serve one another. And by this shall all men know that you are my disciples, so that we can serve each other, but not to serve anything. We don't serve um, in dead works, religious works to gain approval um, or, or to put in our own efforts, but we, we serve in our specific assignment with a specific gift to a specific conclusion. That's what we are there. What Christ initiates is the works he calls us to. John 5.30, Jesus said, I can do nothing on my own initiative or my own authority. Just as I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just, fair, righteous, unbiased, because I do not seek my own will, but only the will of him who sent me. We, we've got to begin as leaders. I'm talking about as leaders now. As a leader, you've got to serve in his, as, as an ox, you've got to serve in his capacity, in his strength, in his ability, with his, with his power. And you've got to, and, and his power ability is for the mandate assignment that he gives you to do. He gives you gifts and those gifts he will empower. Jesus did nothing that the father didn't initiate. So we've got to begin to function the same way. We've got to get our initiatives from the Father and begin to serve as leaders in what God call, has called us to. You know, in, in that mandate that he's called us to, we need to clarify that mandate and stay within our mandate and, and then operate as, he, as it grows, as it develops, as God gives us more grace. We grow in it and we fulfill what God calls us to do. So... Um, I really want to to uh, encourage you is that um, we need to really function like the ox. We need to function with strength. You can't just roar. You've got to have strength. <laughs> and so we've got to start standing up in our in the strength that God gives, not our own strength. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. That waiting is not a passive word. It's not sitting and waiting for something to happen and hoping something happens. It's an active word. It means that you, as you're busy going about things, God begins to give you the strength that you need um, to keep functioning, to keep doing what he's called you to do. So I really want to encourage you with, with um, 
this aspect of leadership, this dimension of leadership is one, we need to roar with authority, with dominion, but two, we need to operate in the strength that he gives. And that strength is as you're walking in union, getting your initiatives from him, uh, discovering your gifts, serving your gifts to the world in this in the assignment and the mandate he gives you. So that's from me. Um, this is Kingdom Leadership Equipping, KLE. Thank you for being with me and thank you for listening until tomorrow when we'll cover the next aspect and dimension of leadership. Thank you.